0: What was the biggest plot twist that happened in your life? My mom and I haven't really had a relationship for the past five years, for a lot of reasons, a couple of huge parts of that being my having left the religion that I was raised in and her having severe bipolar disorder that made her nearly impossible to deal with, which she refused to maintain treatment for. We have only spoken once in the last five years and it was awful. It was about a year and a half ago. I drove down to California to visit her, 450 miles from me, and tried to patch things up. It ended up in a huge blowout fight and generally went as poorly as it possibly could. We never spoke again. One morning in May this year, my dad showed up at my door randomly. He and my mom had been divorced for many years and said we needed to talk. The apartment building my mom was living in had been set on fire and she didn't make it out. I still can't believe how hard it hit me. It changed me, maybe forever. The worst part was about three weeks ago when I was trying to remember the password to an old PayPal account. I had to have it reset and it was sent to an old email address that I haven't used in years. When I logged in, I found an email from her, sent just shortly before she died, apologizing and trying to reconnect and make amends. We had been out of contact for so long it was the last email address she had for me. But since I hadn't been using it for years, I didn't get her message until months after her death. That is exceedingly tragic and I I just feel like even if you don't see eye to eye, you need to have some method of communication and keep each other up to date on how to get to each other, at least if there is some kind of emergency in your lives. Wife was pregnant with our third and last planned child. We ended up in ER she was miscarrying. The nurse cried because the fetus was not viable, so there was nothing to be done. It was horrible. One of the first times I felt completely helpless as an adult. Well, turns out the miscarry was actually her body making room for twins. The girls are now five. Went from losing one to gaining two. I apologize for poor phrasing. I typed it late on mobile. Let me clear up some things. The couple previous ultrasounds only showed a single baby. There was only a single heartbeat. The miscarry symptoms, horrible cramping, pressure, blood loss, was her body preparing for twins. We did not lose a baby. We were told we were losing it by doctors and had accepted that. The position of fetus B was in a dangerous location that would make overall development and C-section very dangerous. We were told the second time that we'd more than likely lose a baby. My wife Grace was put on rest bed and went on to carry the twins to full term. The unlikely twin is named Grace. Smiley face. That certainly started off rocky, but uh, it turned out alright in the end, thank goodness. I was transferred to a division. Within a few months, my new supervisor and I hated each other. She was incompetent and I spoke up when she screwed up. She made my life hell and finally decided to give me a job that she thought would make me quit. I packed up my stuff in a box and asked for help moving to my new desk. She said she didn't have anyone to spare. I was carrying my box and didn't see a spill on the floor, ironically, just outside her office. I slipped, fell, and broke my knee. I am on permanent disability. Very legitimately received a huge settlement, lifetime health care, retired early. She was demoted, then fired partially due to the way she handled my case. This all happened a few years ago. Recently, when my husband and I were grocery shopping, I saw her in the store. I didn't want to see her, but my husband caught her eye and gave her a big thumbs up. She looked angry. That sounds like a happy ending, but the fact that they're on disability for the rest of their life after breaking their knee and stuff, I I would be utterly and unfathomably miserable if I could not move properly. I love being able to move. I like going out on sunny day strolls and riding my bike and stuff. The money might help, yeah, but I just appreciate my ability to move and stuff, personally. I met a girl through plenty of fish and dated her for a year. She lived six minutes up the street from me, so we saw each other quite often. Both of us were quite introverted, so we mainly only hung out with each other. We both considered the relationship to be serious and exclusive. Anyway, right from the start of the relationship, I noticed that she would text this one guy pretty frequently. I asked her about him. And she told me that he was her tattoo artist. Just to be snoopy, I checked out the website of the place she got her tattoos done. Sure enough, there was a tattoo artist there with the same first name as the guy in her phone. But the last name was different. I asked her about it and she quickly called me out on being paranoid. And how it was ridiculous to think that she would lie to me. I agreed, it was pretty paranoid of me. Maybe five months later into the relationship, I'm on Facebook and I decide to search the name of the guy in her phone. A profile comes up in the same small city we both live in, but there is no profile picture or anything. I decide to bring it up with her again because now there is two Facebook profiles, one who is actually a tattoo artist and one who has the same name that is in her phone. She freaks out on me for bringing it up again and tells me that I'm crazy. I agreed but just wanted a straight answer. She told me that I had nothing to be worried about. I apologized and we got over it. About a year into the relationship, I found her on Plenty of Fish. I would periodically go on there to see if she recreated her profile. We both deleted our profiles. I found a profile that I thought might be hers, but obviously no pictures. I catfished it and it turned out to be her. She was back on Plenty of Fish and looking for guys. I had all the evidence I needed and I was going to confront her with it the next day and break up with her. However, I thought that if I was going to break up with her, I was going to message this Facebook profile I had found that matched the name in her phone Just out of curiosity plot twist. I message the guy. He gets back to me immediately. We converse and it turns out that he is her boyfriend. I had been her second boyfriend the entire time. She met him two months before she met me. She bounced back between me and him for an entire year. Neither me or him knew about each other. He saw my name in her phone once and she said that I was her tattoo artist. Every time I ever called her out, I was right. Every time she was gone mysteriously at night, she was with him. Every time she said she was hanging out with a friend of hers she was with him she doesn't actually have any friends it was always him anyway we both broke up with her the next morning and met the next day to have a beer haven't spoken with him since while i find behavior like this somewhat reprehensible i must say it is rather impressive she kept this charade going for over a year but i will also say that this person sounds like a naturally paranoid individual but they were absolutely on point Bill was a self-made millionaire by the time he was 18 years old. That was in the mid-80s. He has been one of my best and certainly most influential friends. 25 years ago, he married a girl that I did not like or trust. I told him as much, but he married her weird butt anyway. A few years ago, she ran off with a guy she met at a roller skating rink. He apparently wooed her with his zooming around or whatever and Bill was single again. He met a girl and I insisted I meet her. Bill remembered that I had not approved of his ex. We met for lunch at one of those awful buffets. The girl was beautiful. She used English like a scalpel, working on a PhD. She was awesome. But I noticed little things about her. She had obviously been to finishing school. Then why did she have fingernail polish on her cuticles and a dress from a 1985 resale rack? There were just a lot of details that didn't add up and Bill was getting ready to marry her. I told Bill that I thought she was hiding something but I didn't care. This gal was high class and high bred. I told him she was great. Bill hadn't met her parents till the wedding. It was at their beach house in Destin. It turns out that my friend hadn't told his new bride of his formidable wealth. But she had been hiding the fact that her parents are legit billionaires. Bill deserves someone like her. And I wish Bill all the happiness in the world. I have one that is straight out of a goddamn soap opera, and I'm fully ready to accept people calling bullcrap on it, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I was very good friends with a guy in high school named John who was dating a lovely guy named Janny, Polish or something. I can't recall, but that's sort of irrelevant, and was madly in love with him. He carried Janny's picture around in his wallet, and every time they were together, they were super sweet. Really adorable couple. Then, one day, Jenny starts acting really strange and distant. Doesn't answer John's phone calls, doesn't spend time with us, The whole works. He flat out broke up with John and broke the poor guy's heart. I bought a spare t-shirt for a few days because my shoulder would be soaked from him crying on it. And then it got even worse. John called me one afternoon after school and begged me to come over because he needed a friend. When I got there, he told me that Janny had been killed in a car accident and he was absolutely devastated all over again. I went with him to the funeral a few days later for moral support and he was just broken. Spent a couple of weeks just moping and being depressed and here comes the plot twist. Are you ready for this crap? He gets a freaking call from Johnny. He had a twin brother that we never knew about who was apparently a big troublemaker and he had been sent off to boarding school. When he'd be home to visit last, they'd swap places for some reason that I never found out. Either simply for love or for some other reason I never knew, but they did. His twin was the one that had been avoiding John and broke up with him, and he had been drinking and doing illegal substances before he got into the accident that killed him. Danny had been off at boarding school, so he wasn't able to make it back for the funeral, and when he did get home, he had to work up his nerve for a few days to tell his parents what they'd done, which led to them realizing that the child they brought was dead was actually alive and and vice versa which led to some fun family complications, not in the least of which being obituary retractions, headstone replacements, and lots of screaming, apparently. Meanwhile, John and him had a whirlwind romance afterwards in a giddy fit of reunited bliss, but it fizzled out after a month or so because John was furious after the reality sank in at what Janny had done without telling him and letting him be so miserable all that time, not to mention letting him think that he died. I was the third-party observer in all of this, but to this day, it's probably the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened in my life. Well this just had everything. Uh illegal substances, alcohol, romance, identical twins. Yeah, they're right, it is straight out of a goddamn drama.
1: Told this before and will again. I was a little goth girl in high school and secretly had a mad crush on an upperclassman that was a wrestler and did cross country. My cousin, who was little Miss Socialite, also had a crush on him and hit on him constantly. He and I were complete opposites. We rode the same bus and I was pretty sure I was invisible to him, so one day, his friends start picking on me. He gets up from the front of the bus, moves to where his buddies and I are sat, and sits down next to me, throws his arm around me, and they stop. This a noise the hell out of my cousin as he and I become friends and he constantly ignores her advances. She later goes on to have me expelled by saying I had a bomb and was going to blow up the school because she didn't like this or that her BF and I were close friends. This ruined every friendship I had except the one with my and her crush. He and I remained friends, even after he moved away, and then closer friends when he moved back. Today, he and I are going on four years together. We bought a house and car, had a daughter, and are working on plans to build our next and probably permanent home. Ten years later, that B-word is still greener than a Granny Smith apple.
0: Little did the cute AF goth girl's cousin know that when she accused her of being a literal terrorist, it only made him want her more. Had a child with a woman I didn't love. Gave up my entire life to move states to try and give it a go became depressed and made the decision to move back home after realizing it just wasn't working she filed for child support and thus began the gauntlet of her parents reminding me of how I abandoned my son and family and that I was a piece of crap X wouldn't let me talk to my son unless I paid child support plus additional expenses which I did because what did I know about being a father at 23 still made monthly drives to see my son because I loved him she became increasingly addicted to illegal substances and moved my son from state to state, turning to family members she could leech from. Parents told me I would never see my son again because I don't deserve him. I sued for sole custody, and I'm currently owed 60 grand in back child support and lawyer fees. She's been held in contempt four times, and we have a compliance hearing coming up on the 10th. She doesn't attempt to speak to my son, and now six. He wasn't yet four the last time they spoke, and current girlfriend of five years is referred to as mom. You know, good for this guy. He seems to have gone through a lot of personal suffering and well chuffed that he persevered and now happier than ever. Hell yeah. I worked in morning radio and I was also an accomplished bowler. One day I mentioned something about a high score I had and a listener called in and challenged me because he had just bowled a perfect game the week before. We worked out the details, and since we had the same first name, I said the loser has to legally change their name for one year to whatever the winner wants. We had an attorney ready to donate time for the paperwork. The guy refused to agree to those terms. He was up for anything, but wouldn't do the legal name change. So we decided that the loser gets a tattoo of the winner's choosing. My idea was better, but I digress. So the challenge was set, one game the next day for the tattoo. Our studio was next to a bowling alley, so we were able to set it up so that we started in the studio in the first hour of the show, bowled in the second hour, and got the tattoo in the third hour. I designed my tattoo and got it to an artist. She made a stencil so she could tattoo fast and make for better radio. I threw the first nine strikes in a row. He missed a spare in the first. I didn't even finish the game. I would have had somewhere between a 269 and a perfect game. He couldn't even score higher than 200. So we go and get the tattoo on this guy like 10 minutes after I embarrass him on live radio? The tattoo is me writing Falcor. I green screen myself in the Atreyu pose and photoshopped me into the actual movie poster. The artist had a perfect stencil made. The tattoo is finished and the detail is unbelievable. We all have a great laugh and I only see this guy one other time in my life. Plot twist. The last I heard he was in jail for graping minus the G a 13 year old his second grape conviction. He couldn't legally change his name because he was a registered SX offender. So there is a child rapist in prison somewhere with a tattoo of me riding Falcor on his bicep. I'm the only person in the world with that story. That may very well be true. You may be the only person in the world with that story, but I believe the world is an incredibly large place with some overlap and reoccurring events, so maybe not. When I was around 8, I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy and some severe heart issues. Everyone kind of just assumed I would die any day after that. Well, come 8 years later, I was still here and my doctor pretty much gave up on figuring out what is wrong with me, so my parents decided to get a second opinion. We went to Mayo Clinic and I was easily diagnosed with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, something that is easily treated through exercise. In my case, post varies a lot and can be much more difficult to fight for others, the opposite of what my doctors told me to do. After that, I was just like, crap, now I have to plan my future. See, this is a real plot twist, because some people in this, I swear, have taken the idea and gone, oh, my life taking a very sudden and extreme change is a plot twist. No, no, this, this is a plot twist. A good one at that. I will try to keep this as short as possible. My grandfather left my grandmother for another man after 35 years of marriage and the raising of two kids, a daughter, mom, and a slightly mentally disabled son, Drunkle. It messed my grandmother up pretty bad. Fast forward 16 years, my mom dies from liver failure. Me and my kid sister are young and broke. Grandmother is old and broke. Grandfather pays for everything. Nobody says anything to him. No thanks, no condolences, nothing. I want to go see him and talk to him, thank him, and see how he's doing. I asked my grandmother where he lives on the grounds that he told me he had something important he needed to tell me. Pulled out of my butt, obviously, but grandmother bursts into tears and confesses that grandfather is not my mom's real father. She had a whirlwind romance with some traveling jackass con man who left her as soon as he could. Grandfather offered to marry grandmother and raise my mom as his own. Mom never knew. I was stunned. My grandmother was always really judgmental of other people and looked down on anyone else in this exact situation. She was sobbing at this point, and I snapped at her to stop because blood never really played all that heavily into what me and my sister considered family that she shouldn't consider it either. Anyway, that's how I found out one of my family's biggest secrets on accident and then promptly didn't give a crap. Neat plot twist though. People really enjoy the phrase whirlwind romance in this topic. TLDR, big misunderstanding leads to big love. A will my grandmas, one of my favorites. As a young woman, she worked at a humble bakery in a small town in Australia. American soldiers were stationed in her town as they readied for deployment in the Pacific War of World War II. One day, a soldier from New York City came in and tried to order something not on the menu. His accent was very thick and she, being a Scottish immigrant, could not understand him. She was very embarrassed, but kept trying to assist him. After a couple minutes like this, the soldier got very impatient and started cussing and insulting my grandmother. The bakery the town, etc. Well, my grandmother, a proud woman of small stature, but surprising strength, came around the counter and punched that man hard in the chest. I'm told she broke one of his ribs, but that seems extreme. She definitely knocked him over. Fellow soldier lifted the stunned soldier off the ground and back to the base where they told their CO the story. The CO panicked about ruining relations with the town and pointed to the nearest man. He asked where he was from. Illinois, and hearing no action, sent him back to the bakery to apologize on behalf of the army. The man did a wonderful job and made a good impression and went back to that town after the war, and he married my grandma, and they lived happily ever after. They eventually moved back to the States, but she refused to ever visit New York City. Ah, Americans, never will they understand not to mess with a bonny little Scottish lady. (laughs) That's a sweet story, though. TLDR thought I was starting a new life and I did, but not the one I thought I would. I moved from California to Chicago after a year of doing nothing after finishing school. Lived with a friend for a bit, then found an apartment in the city with some roommates. Got a perfect job in the field I went to school for. Almost two months to the day after I moved into the city, I went on a date that ended in me getting meningococcal meningitis. Spent two weeks in a coma. Two months in a Chicago hospital. Was sent back to California on a medical flight where I spent five and a half more months in a hospital. Lost eight of my fingers and both of my legs. And now, two and a half years later, I am still recovering with near constant setbacks. My God, when on a hot date, she presumably gave him the meningitis, uh, not on purpose probably, but... Yeah, that's how you contract it, through saliva, spit, respiratory secretions, and all that stuff, you know. And lost his legs, lost his fingers, just had to stay in a hospital for a long time. The coma? This is a man who has suffered. This is what I'm talking about when I say to people, yeah, you can be plucked from existence or anything can happen to you at any time. Gah! I never really knew my father growing up. Sadly, he lived right next door for most of my adolescent life. There is exactly one time I remember him acknowledging me. I was standing on my front porch and he was going up the steps and into his. I was a kid. I waved. He waved back. That is the only contact I remember with my father as a child. Still, though, I've always wondered about him. It hasn't really ever been about anger or anything, but more so why he chose not to want me. I've wondered about him for over 15 years. Way back in the day, they released a bag called the Sonic 6. It was a glorified Huffy with a big blue shield on the front and a gear stick in the dead center to change gears. I got it for my birthday. And of course, I was ecstatic. That thing was so cool. As luck would have it, as I was riding with a friend, a guy walking past me the opposite way cold cocked me and knocked me straight off the bike. I got sucker punched like you wouldn't believe. The dude was huge. Like obese huge. I was a kid. How powerful was I? The guy simply jumped on my brand new bike, told me to stay down and pedaled off. I chased him, but I didn't get very far. He was gone in a flash. Fifteen years later, I learned that my real father had paid that guy to beat me up and steal my bike as a revenge tactic against my mother. I mean, what kind of person does that? What kind of father does that? Sad, really. Another tight bit. Of I wanted to throw in I mentioned how the dude decked me and just rode off with the bike multiple sources had confirmed that he had actually paid the dude to beat the crap out of me like hit me while I'm about out for the count type of thing the guy used to hang out with his friend right across the street a few weeks after my bike was stolen they started riding it up and down the street in front of me except they had broken off the left hand side of the handlebars I remember the shield used to flap back and forth as they went flying down the street on it how is that for some bullcrap? what a despicable vindictive individual to pay someone to beat up your son and steal his bite because you don't like the mom what that was their father's name stan smith does he work for the cia because that's the kind of thing that he would do well maybe not actually because stan smith would probably do it himself